doing anything like that. So right then I knew something had to change. Something had to change. I got to this place, and you may have all been here, because I'd allowed the urgent to overtake the important in my life. I allow urgent things to overtake the important. Now, urgent things, they're the things that other people urge you to do to, or to see as important. Urgent things usually will serve their means or a perception they have of you. But you know what? The important things are the things that only you can do in your life. So in my life, no one can take the role of being a husband to my wife. No one else can take the role of me being a father to my children. And there are some things in my job that only I can do. There are many things other people can do, but there are some things that only I can do. So I've got to make sure that I'm doing them and not things that everyone else wants me to do. And so around this time, I had this conversation with Kathy Vass. She's a, a prayer pastor here at Bayside. She's an amazing woman, has lots of great advice. And if you ever want to go to the healing rooms or prayer ministry, I really encourage you. Uh, there, you find great breakthroughs when you go there. But she said this to me. She said, Forbo, my name's Andrew, by the way, sorry, everyone calls me Forbo, for those who are new, that's just my nickname, goes on my last name. She said, Forbo, don't let people take your time, you give your time. And as I sat and meditated on that, all of a sudden gave me back a whole lot of control back over my life. Because there's so many people in this world that will come to you and they'll have demands that they want to place on you, and you know what, that's okay, but you choose whether you give your time or whether you let them take it. Because the more people take, obviously, the more they're going to keep on taking. And, you got to, and that way, you can still get the important things done in your life. You'll actually have time for the important if you give your time and don't let people take it. Because your time actually equals your life. Job, Job 4, 14 and 5 says, A person's days are determined. You have decreed the number of his months and set limits he cannot exceed. We can overeat, we can overspend, we can overachieve, but we cannot overuse the time we have. We can count our dollars, you can count your friends, especially on Facebook, but no one can count the amount of time you have left. Can't tell whether I'll be here tomorrow or not. But as with everything we have, it's not about how much we have, it's about what you do with what you have. And we're called to be, be good stewards, to be responsible with what we have, not just with our finances, but also with our time. So the question today is not how much time you have, but what are you doing with your time? Because it's up to us to manage or to be good stewards, not just the fathers, but I think everyone needs to learn this principle. And managing our time wisely is, I tell you what, it's a balancing act. And uh, I'm going to ask Alex, my son, can you come up here for, with me for a moment? He doesn't know I'm doing this, but I'm going to ask him to come up. I just want to have to do a bit of demonstration. If you can, it does say no children on the stage, but you can jump up there. You're a big kid, it's okay. And then what I want you to do is I want you to walk from here right on the edge, I'll get the quarter, across to the white sign, turn around and you can walk back a few times. Now see, keep doing it until I, I, I say, okay. In life, what I hear a lot of is, is I've got to get my work-life balance going. You know, I've got to get my work-life balance right. And they say, I just, and, and all that, you hear things like, if I just have a holiday, I know I'll be Okay. And they, because they're feeling tense and stressed and, and they have their holiday and they come back from the holidays and, and you're pretty good for a little while. And then that stress builds up and, and things get a little bit out of control again. You know what I think is happening? It's good, you can lean on me, it's okay. What you can, the thing that I think is happening is, is your life is actually out of balance. You notice as he's walking along, just do it a bit slower for me. As he's walking along and your life, when your life is in balance and you're moving, he's having to make all these 
micro adjustments as he goes along in order to stay in balance. So it's not just about having a holiday and stopping totally and, and, and that's how you recharge. But if your life is at that point where it's out of control, then it's making little adjustments as you go will actually keep you in balance. You can jump down. Thank you. And if time is our most valuable asset that we have, we need to learn to distribute that well into the important areas of our life. Now, if you, I want you to, I've got a few key principles I want to, uh, to share with you today to help you keep you on balance. Because this world just wants to throw us off balance all the time. So the first key principle is investing small amounts of time over time is accumulative. Okay, investing small amounts of time over time is accumulative. Now, this is a principle. I'm not telling you what you have to do because you'll know where it is. You'll have to invest your time. If you exercise for 30 minutes a day, three or four days a week, week after week, month after month, year after year, you'll accumulate fitness and health. It's just something that happens. You can't just do it once off. If you practice an instrument, those guys, by the way, fantastic job this morning in worship. I thought it was fantastic. But that has come because they've practiced for certain amounts of time, several days, times a week, week after week, year after year, and they've become proficient at what they do. It's become, it's accumulative. Small amounts of time over time build things up. You know what, though? There's no consequence for missing one installment. You notice that? So if you have if you've built things up and you do th- small things time after time over time, if you miss, one, miss something once, it's not going to hurt. If you've been going to the gym or you've been exercising three or four times a week, week after week, year after year, and you have to miss one for something that's more important, say your kid's recital or play or catching up with a family dinner or doing something that's important for work, that's actually not going to make any difference. But on the flip side of that, there's no benefit to one instalment. You can't go to the gym and go, oh, now I can have a chocolate bar. Can't go to the gym and expect people to go, oh, wow, you look amazing. What have you been doing? Doesn't work like that. But it's constant deposits of time distributed over time that make the difference. When I was growing up, one of the the areas that uh, was drilled into me was to actually learn how to save. And so whenever I had $50 or more cash, mum wouldn't let me just keep it there. I'd have to um, take it down to the bank and deposit it. And uh, back then you had little passbooks. This is showing how old I was. Little passbooks and they'd they'd write it in by hand and then eventually they'd, they'd stick it in a machine and it would printed on and then they'd stamp it and you could look back at the passbook and you could see your money grow and as a kid that was pretty exciting and so you get your birthday money and stuff like that and if you didn't spend it then I'd be putting it into the bank and when my passbook reached a thousand that was another trigger for me to take that out and to put it into a term deposit and so I put it into a term deposit when I hit a thousand dollars and each year when they came up for renewal I just I just reinvest them because I still have my passbook still have my money and as a kid I didn't probably need as much money then as I, I would use now and I by the time, this small investing time of money over time accumulated to the point that when I hit 23, I was able to buy my first house. There you go. I was actually surprised when I got all my term deposits and I realized they're all actually different account numbers and I added them all together. I was like, oh, wow, there you go. So it just happened. And I continued these deposits once I'd bought the house over my lifetime. And this result has freed me up to do so many more things because of something I started when I was young. But in the key areas of your life, the things that are most important to you, you have to invest small amounts of time over time if you want to see them grow, if you want to see them accumulate. Second principle we have to live by is neglect is accumulative as well. Every gardener will tell you, if you don't tend to your garden, you're going to end up with what? 
weeds. Pretty simple, hey? If you don't cut back your roses and tend to them, they, they become pretty uh, elongated and don't look very good. The flowers end up being miles away, can't see them. But the problem with neglect, it's easier sometimes than the small continuous efforts over time. But neglect is also more costly in the long run. Neglect in the key areas of your life over time makes a big difference. I used to work in operating theatres. My past, I, I would work in operating theatres. And if you think investing in your health is time-consuming, wait until something happens physically that could have been avoided if you'd have invested small amounts of time over time. I got to a place, as I said, a few years ago in my life where there was, there was some things that I had, I had neglected, one of them being uh, my relationship, the other was probably my health. And so I needed to invest some time. And so we, over a year, I got a personal trainer with my wife and we would spend uh, 20 minutes driving in, we'd have an hour in a, in a gym working together and then we'd come back and have this time. Not only do we invest in our health, but it was really good for our relationship. At the end of the year, added up, that was $5,000. Now that might seem a lot of money over, over that period of time, but I can tell you, it was much cheaper than having an operation, much cheaper than counselling sessions and certainly more cheaper than a divorce. So, neglect is accumulative as well. The third principle is this. Random has no accumulative value. Now, I know the youth, they love saying, oh, so random. That's what you hear. It means it's actually, it's, it's something that uh, is not intentional. Something that's not a habit forming. But there is no accumulative value in the random things we choose to do over the important things. It's no use watching some random show and staying up to watch some random show instead of going to bed with your wife. Guys, don't give me the complaints that, you know, things aren't happening if you're not actually there with her to have things to happen. <laughs> There's no use in, in randomly just trolling through social media instead of engaging with your kids. There's no, there's no use in, in, in taking random phone calls while it's supposed to be dinner time. Don't neglect the important things in your life for the random. Because when you add up random things, you get random. There is no value. But it's small deposits over time are accumulative. So what is a wise thing to do with your time? The fourth principle to remember is in the areas that matter most to you, you can't actually make up for misspent time. At high school, those who are at high school or uni, and even at work, sometimes you can pull all-nighters and you can cram. Anyone done that? I remember pulling all-nighters, cramming for my essays, cheapest, getting them in at, at, at 11.59, submit, beautiful. <laughs> and cramming can work. There is times when cramming can work. You may even say you work better under pressure. Anyone said that? I work better under pressure? Yeah? Having a deadline? You cannot cram for the most important areas of your life. When it comes to relationships, finances, health, or your spiritual maturity... These things take time and it's just the way the world works. Unfortunately, we live in this instant world. We have this instant gratification. We want things to happen faster than they do. But you know what? There are some things you've still got to put in the hard yards and small amounts of time over time. So in the most important areas of your life, let's learn to deposit small amounts of time so we can actually accumulate or grow strength, maturity, so we can actually keep balance. It's those little adjustments as you go is going to keep you on track. I don't want you to leave here today and go, oh, I'm going to read the Bible then. I'm going to build my spiritual maturity. I'm going to read it in a week. That's awesome. You've missed the point. It's actually doing a little bit week after week, year after year is what we'll build. 
Ephesians 5.15 says this, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making most of every opportunity, or in some translations, making the most of your time, because these days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Getting that work-life balance is making the small adjustments. Working out what is wise to do. So these are some filter questions I have for you today when it comes to areas of your life. Obviously, the question is, what is the wise thing to do with whatever area of your life it is you're facing right now that you need to address? But not just ask, what is the wise thing to do? Ask, what is the wise thing to do in light of my past experiences? Now, I say in light of your past experiences because your past experiences are different to mine and things that might be a problem for you might not be a problem for me or things that you might be a strength for you might not be a strength for me. So what is a wise thing to do based on your past experiences, based on your current circumstances? What is the wise thing to do? So what's going on in your life right now and what should you do? Should I take that job opportunity that's just come up? Should I do that? Well, that, that would mean a lot more money. That would be fantastic. But you know what? That's also probably going to equate to a lot more time away from my family. And what's the wise thing to do? So not only what is the wise thing to do in, the, my, in light of my past experiences, in light of my current circumstances, but what about what is the wise thing to do in light of my future hopes and dreams? What is the wise thing to do in light of my future hopes and dreams? Because you are going to have many choices and many opportunities that come before you. But if they don't contribute to what is important, then they're actually a distraction. It's actually a distraction. And this is what Paul is warning us about here. He's warning us about being led by our feelings or desires. Because our feelings and desires will say, oh, that's going to be too hard to take that road. Or it's going to take too long. Or I don't have the energy for that right now. Paul's warning of the attitude also of going wherever the wind will take you. I don't want to go wherever the wind will take me. I know God's got a plan and a purpose for me. I want to fulfill what that is. Paul's addressing here is our use of our time because he knows our time equals our life, that it's our most valuable asset. When he says the days are evil, he's not talking that the days are, ooh, spooky evil and the devil's going to pop out. But what he's actually saying is there are many distractions and who knows, there are so many distractions in the world today. I heard of something uh, during the week, and it's, um, it's called digital cocaine, where, where the screens are becoming like, like cocaine. If you have, once you have cocaine, you have, you have to have a little bit more to get the high, a bit more to have the high, a bit more to have the high. And it's the same thing when it comes to technology. Now, we're not just, we're not just uh, watching one thing and having it's lots, lots of little hits as you go in order to keep that high going. So many distractions that we have. And the enemy's best weapon is to distract us from, filling, from fulfilling the Father's will or plan for our lives. He knows we can't get any more time. We can't save it up like money. When your time is gone, it's gone. You get 24 hours in a day. When they're expired, you can't go and get them back. You may think differently. There are times when I think time goes really slowly. When I'm looking at that second, the, the, the hour clock coming around to 5 o'clock before knock-off time, Time just drags. 3.30 for those who are at school. 3.30, it's like, when is the day going to finish? <laughs> so you can get out. But I know it's a re reverse happens. When I'm on holidays, all of a sudden, where'd that day go? Time just flies when you're on holidays. But you know what? You can't stop time, which is why we need to be so careful with our time in order to walk wisely. 
It's our most valuable asset. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise. Let's use every opportunity. Be intentional and not accidental with our time. I'd hate for you to look back and say, how could I have been so foolish just to waste so much time? If I hadn't been intentional, as I said earlier, when it came to my time and depositing the money, I would never be able to say yes to many things and I would never be where I am here today. It's given me the freedom to say yes to buying the house, gave me the freedom to say yes to stopping work and go to study, and it gave me the ability to say yes to, ju- to jump into ministry. Those small deposits over time in the areas that are important to you will allow you to say yes at the right time. Take the opportunities that God does have for you. And don't think time doesn't matter because there'll be people here that have built up bad debts over time that will have ruined relationships that have happened over time, that perhaps have developed health issues over time, lost intimacy and love with their spouse because of neglect over time. So where do we start needing to make consistent deposits of time in our lives? Relationally, spiritually, financially, physically or professionally? Filter it through the questions of what is the wise thing to do? Not the easy thing to do, what's the wise thing to do? In light of my past experiences, in light of my current circumstances, in light of my future hopes and dreams. You know what I found also when it comes to time and allocating your time? You're always going to let someone down with your decisions on how you spend your time. Always going to let someone down. This is what Kevin DeYoung says, and I love this as I finish up. He says, Jesus didn't do it all. Jesus didn't meet every need. He left people waiting in line to be healed. He left one town to preach in another. He hid away to pray. He got tired. He never interacted with the vast majority of people on the planet. He spent 30 years in training and only three years in ministry. He did not try to do it all, and yet he did everything the Father asked him to do. Making wise decisions based on what is important to him allowed Jesus to complete everything the Father had asked him to do. And coming around Father's Day, what is the Father asking you to do? I just want you to be free of all the things that this world is trying to ask you to do because God has got the life that, and life fulfilled that you can actually live. Therefore, be careful how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of your time. And today is the day to start making those wise decisions, to make those small deposits in the areas that are most important to you. If you do this, you're going to look back and you're going to be really glad that you have. I just want to finish now with, it's a prayer. Many of you will have heard it's called the Serenity Prayer. And I encourage you to look it up when uh, you get home and say this sometimes over you um, at different times of the, the week, the month, whenever you feel you need to. But I think it's really an unlocking prayer, helping us not to take on false responsibilities, but to keep us focused on what God wants us to do and not worry about the things that we cannot. Just close your eyes. Let me pray this over you. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking as he did the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make 
all things right, if I surrender to His will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with Him forever and ever in the next. Amen. Amen.